This is a podcast presented by the Ohio Laborers Union to keep you connected to your labor family. This is Down with the Dig. Welcome to Down with the Dig. I'm Matt. I'm Shella. A question we often get at the benefits office is what to do about behavioral or mental health. So today we're going to be joined by a guest that's really going to try to help clear up a lot of that for us. We want to welcome Bethany Friedrichsen, Project Manager of Thrive Behavioral Health. Hi, Bethany. Hi. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here today. So, Bethany, one of the things we've seen over the past year and through the COVID pandemic is that mental health concerns have seemed to be pushed aside by some of the other stuff that's out there. What have you seen on a statewide basis uh, as far as mental health in the past year? Well, the direct impacts of COVID, of course, with cases and things like that are super important. I think it has pushed to the side um, the addiction and mental health crisis that we're in that has also been heavily impacted by the pandemic and needs even more awareness about it at this point. And to give some specifics, so in 2020, we have seen an increase statewide of about 30% um, for overdose deaths over last year um, or over the previous year in 2019. And that is huge because we actually, we were seeing, you know, from 2017, that was the highest year we saw in the opioid epidemic for overdoses. 2018, things went down a little bit. Um, 2019, they went up slightly from 2018, but they stayed um, lower than 2017, that highest year. But in 2020, we're seeing it potentially surpassing 2017. So as someone who's worked in the field for the past four years, it's really, really heartbreaking to see all the progress we were trying to make in reducing these impacts with the pandemic just basically, you know, sweeping that all out. And so we've seen a huge, huge increase. Um, And there's been a lot of communities impacted more some than others. Um, For example, in Cuyahoga County, we saw, you know, for May, it was the deadliest month we had ever seen in history. So um, as we continue to move forward, that's why we're out there in the community. We really are in a state of emergency right now. Can you tell us, explain to us what Thrive is and what Thrive does for the community? So Thrive Peer Support is an organization made up of people who have that lived experience, whether it's themselves um, going through the recovery journey from uh, addiction into recovery, or individuals who have family members or loved ones who've gone through that. So we are an organization made up of people who have this personal passion. Now, what our organization does is a lot of different things. So we offer peer support services for individuals, and I'll go more into that you know, later if you'd like. But we also, our whole mission is around meeting people where they're at in their own recovery journey and restoring hope in their lives and helping those individuals achieve long-term recovery, whatever that might look like for that individual. And as project manager for Thrive, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? What my day-to-day could look like is going to a community outreach event where we are equipping people with Narcan, the overdose reversal drug, um, as well as signing people up for our peer support services and providing a lot of different things within the community. 
or it could look like um, talking to people about how we can engage with reentry population. I also work on any of our reentry initiatives, which is people coming out of incarceration. And then uh, in addition to that, I am always, you know, communicating with our partner agencies. So we work with over 30 different organizations here in Cuyahoga County in Northeast Ohio for a very strategic outreach effort. And so I'm constantly in communication with them on how we can serve the community better together, um, how we can add more services to our effort and really collaborate. So I do a lot of collaborative work every day as well as out in the community and engaging with our team. You know, everybody has this perceived notion of a a person that, that is addicted to drugs. And I just wondered how when you're out in the community, what do you get from that most of the time? What are people's feelings? So most of the time we are directly serving people who need those services. So there's typically quite a bit of acceptance from individuals that we come across. So what we do is we strategically target communities that have um, high overdose rates um, or just have been identified as high need communities. And we go there and we set up these outreach events outside where people can come up and they can access a lot of different resources, almost like a resource fair. And so when people are coming up to us, they are usually, you know, identifying as being in need either for themselves or a loved one. And so that is, um, we get a lot of acceptance from that community. Um, However, we do come across sometimes individuals who um, are concerned about the Narcan enabling people to use substances. And I know that it's still controversial in some areas, but we really embrace those as opportunities to educate and reduce stigma because we have our whole slogan is uh, Narcan enables breathing, enables recovery for our outreach efforts. Mm -hmm. And so there's talk about enabling, um, but how we view it is we want someone to live another day so that they can have the option to choose recovery because nobody can find recovery until it's a personal choice, until they choose it themselves and decide that they wanna get help um, because they can't do it alone. So you mentioned the peer support network or the peer support sessions that you have. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Peer support services is a one-on-one service that's offered to individuals where we really meet someone where they're at in their recovery journey, whether that's in active use or, um, you know, a year into sobriety and recovery. And, We have peer support specialists on our team that provide that one-on-one service. They're individuals who are in recovery themselves, who've gone through a 40-hour certification with the state of Ohio so that they can bill Medicaid for their services um, so that it's at no cost to the individual. And basically the whole goal of that is to break down barriers someone might be facing along their recovery journey. So whether that's finding employment, Um, finding sober living, finding, um, getting an ID, a birth certificate, things like that. People who are newly in recovery oftentimes have a lot of needs. And sometimes the other areas of the social service field don't have the ability to meet all of those needs. And so our peer supporters come in to really fill that gap and provide that ongoing one-on-one support that someone is in need of so that they can really 
follow them along their recovery journey, whatever pathway that looks like for them. So that could be 12-step, faith-based. Um, it's really driven by the peer and what they're wanting for themselves. We've seen the introduction of Narcan or Naloxone be really beneficial in saving people's lives from opioid overdoses. But as far as recovery, isn't it more about a relationship um, and, and in being able to overcome any addiction that they may have? A hundred percent. So when it comes to recovery, we know that Narcan, of course, is not is not the fix. That's why it's harm reduction. You know, it is not the long-term um, solution to someone who is struggling with addiction. It really is all about that relationship and ongoing support. So that's why we incorporate peer recovery support with everything that we do. So at our outreach events, though someone can come up and get Narcan for their loved one, they also get information about peer recovery support services so that they can connect to those. And if an individual is at our event and they're looking for Narcan for themselves and they're also needing some support, we can connect them right then and there with a referral to peer support services. So our mission is not about, you know, just providing those in the moment services. We want to continue that relationship. That's why we're in communities consistently, because we want to be there. We want to build trust. Um, that's so key to this whole process is building that trust and that relationship with someone who has been there before. What are some of the misconceptions about substance use disorder? That's a great question because there's a lot of them out there. Um, I would say that um, one of the biggest misconceptions is that it is a person's you know, choice or their moral failing that they are dealing with this addiction to a substance. And thankfully, um, there's been a lot of research done and actually nationally, it's come out that this is a disease. Um, from experts in the field. So substance use disorder is categorized as a disease um, just as anything else. And so it really helps to reduce that stigma around that, you know, it's only a certain type of person that becomes addicted to substances. It really could be anybody from any type of background. I've seen people with many different backgrounds um, who have struggled with this in their lives. You know, it doesn't have to mean that they have, um, you know, a genetic component, which does happen at times, but it could be childhood trauma. It could just be um, a, many different things. We always say that addiction as a disease does not discriminate, and it should be looked at as any other disease. Obviously, it's treated differently, um, but just as we're seeing, you know, COVID spreading and, and people um, passing away from that. And we're all very concerned. Um, you know, addiction is a disease that we should all be concerned about um, and pushing forward for treatments and new solutions and harm reduction so that we can save people's lives and help them find recovery for themselves and for their family who really cares about them. And you've talked a lot about Narcan and, and stuff like that, but that's specific to the opioid epidemic, right? But I assume you also provide services for alcoholism and maybe other substance abuse uh, disorders that aren't opioids? 
Yeah, so our peer support services can be for anyone with any type of substance use disorder or any type of mental health concern. So it doesn't have to be a specific substance or anything like that. Um, you know, if someone is struggling with alcohol use, if they're struggling with anxiety, depression, um, any of those things, they can access peer support services. What is the Naloxone Blitz program? Yeah, so that it's been kind of coined the Naloxone Blitz, even though that's not really what the state <laughs> um, officially called it, but that's kind of what us in the harm reduction community are calling it. So basically, the state has launched this Naloxone Blitz program for the month of May to get, I believe it is 20,000 kits of Narcan out into communities they've identified as being high need. And it's all based on zip codes. Um, it's based on ER visits for overdoses and um, overdose mortality. And so we are grateful that we've become a partner in this Naloxone Blitz program, at least for Cuyahoga County up in the Northeast region. And so we're working very rapidly with our mental health and addiction services board in Cuyahoga County to get out about 3,500 kits that have been distributed just for this county over the next, um, I guess there's only like 20 days or um, only 10 days left in the month. So we're working very rapidly to assist them in getting this Narcan out there. Um, Ourselves with our outreach efforts and homeless hookup, we received 500 kits that we're trying to get out. So I think this is a really um, incredible initiative because there is an emergent need right now. We've seen overdoses go up so much because of the impacts of the pandemic. And so I love seeing the state's response and having them rapidly do something because sometimes these things take a lot of time usually. Mm -hmm. Well, I noticed that I'm from Scioto County, the, the Portsmouth area, and I noticed that they're on that list for the emergency disbursement. Yeah, I mean, the southeast region of the state, we just recently started providing peer support services in that area, but it is an area of really high need. Um, there are a lot of great organizations working down there already, but just through a culmination of, you know, loss of jobs and things like that over the last several years, I know that especially the Portsmouth area has been heavily impacted by addiction. And so we are always looking to engage with partners there. And I'm really excited as well because I'm hoping we can do some incredible outreach stuff sometime in the next couple months um, to work with getting Narcan as well as peer support to the individuals in need in that county. Bethany, your website mentions Pathways. Can you tell us a little more about Pathways? So there's a lot of different pathways that someone can decide to go down for their own individual recovery. And we actually, when we do our orientation with our new peer supporters, we talk about all those different possibilities so that when they're meeting with their peer they can discuss with them the options and they can really make an informed decision. And of course, they can always change their mind. So a recovery pathway, for example, could be um, an AA program. That is one recovery pathway that has very certain, you know, programmatic things that go along with that, with their um, AA book and the 12 steps. So that's one recovery pathway. 
that doesn't work for everybody. So we don't look at it as like a one solution fits all. Mm -hmm. We really are individualized to each peer that we talk with. So maybe there's a faith-based program that the peer has learned about or the peer supporter. And it's not a 12-step program, but it looks at something different around spirituality and things like that. Our peer supporters would work with them through that program. Um, so it really could be a lot of different things. Some people view nature and exercise and activity as their recovery pathway, something that they're engaging with on a regular basis that keeps them grounded um, and keeps them on the path that they want to go down. So it could look like a lot of different things depending on the individual. You mentioned that your peer supporters are certified to bill Medicaid, but obviously not everybody that's going through a, a substance use disorder or mental health a crisis is eligible for Medicaid. So are you uh, is Thrive able to bill insurance to cover those costs, or how does that work? At this time, we are only contracted with the state of Ohio Medicaid insurers. Um, however, we do work based off of grants in some communities. So there are some counties in the state where we have grant funding that we can provide peer support services to individuals who don't have Medicaid. And so if anybody is interested in our services and they go to our website to sign up, it'll ask about your insurance information and one of our team members will reach out and determine if you're eligible or not for Medicaid services or grant funds to cover those services. And if not, we always make referrals to other services to make sure that people are still getting their needs met. We're hoping to start becoming in network with some private insurers, but those um, contracts and things take time. And so stay tuned on that. But as of right now, it is Medicaid and grant paid for only. But to be clear, a, a a peer would never ever have to pay anything out of their own pocket to take advantage of the services you offer, correct? Correct. We are looking at some other programs through like virtual peer support that someone would have the option to pay for potentially. But when it comes to um, our community-based peer support services, it's all covered under insurance or grants. I know you mentioned Homeless Hookup as one of the organizations that you work with. Can you tell us what Homeless Hookups is and then also about some of the other organizations that you partner with? Yeah, definitely. So Homeless Hookup CLE is a nonprofit organization. Thrive Peer Support is a for-profit organization, although we do work off of grants for some of our programs. Um, so Homeless Hookup CLE is based out of Northeast Ohio, and they are our partner for Narcan for all of our outreach initiatives. And they also provide a lot of great services to the community. They actually have an RV that they take out and um, go to different spots in the community where they set up and they will provide um, free clothing for people. They will provide haircuts. Um, they have barbers volunteer to do that for individuals and connect people to ongoing support for basic needs. So they've been a really incredible partner for this. And although they're just based out of Northeast Ohio, they also do a really awesome mail-based program for Narcan where you can submit an order online and get it sent for free to your home. 
you know, we've talked often on this podcast about the importance of mental health. And recently I heard someone say that, you know, if you, if you break a bone in your leg, you're going to go get it fixed. You can't, you can't continue to operate with a broken leg, but mental health is really like having a broken brain, be it a, maybe your, your body chemistry is off a little bit, or maybe you have an addiction or whatever. So we need to be able to take that step and get this stuff fixed. Uh, what's your views on mental health as a whole and how important it is for our community to really take it seriously and, and start to address some of these, these, you know, for lack of a better term, brain injuries that we have. So mental health is extremely important. Um, it is not only it, people think of it as separate from physical health, but mental health and physical health are very directly linked. Um, I mean, I don't have the studies right in front of me, but there have been many studies done that show the impacts of stress on the body, um, if you look at someone's physical condition that they may have, such as, you know, diabetes um, or things like that, that are really impacting their physical health, oftentimes there's a mental health component that someone might be dealing with that's, that's causing them to deal with this physical health concern. So when people are thinking about it as this two separate things, that is really what needs to change. And there's a lot of advocacy that still needs to be done when it comes to insurance um, and things like that around parity. So making sure that people are able to get their mental health covered the same as they are physical health. So I really think that um, more awareness needs to happen across communities about the importance of mental health, especially right now. We've seen a huge increase in the amount of suicides, um, relapses related to addiction, and deaths of despair is what it's been called. We've seen a lot of people um, just because of their unemployment or isolation really being alone. And so mental health is something that is increasing uh, or mental illness and things like that are increasing. And so the the weight of this really just needs to be important and in the forefront of people's minds so that people can reach out to get help. And it really seems like the, the biggest hurdle is to overcome the stigma. There seems to be a stigma attached with admitting that you might have a problem and you might need to seek help. Um, and it seems like if we could just overcome those hurdles in all of our lives, we would be so much better off as a community. Well, and it seems too that, you know, if, if when you have a problem like that and you, you do, ha there is that stigma associated with it. You don't want to go to the doctor. You don't want to tell your friends or a coworker right. or somebody. So what do you do? You decide, well, I'll drink or, right. you know, maybe I'll take this. And, uh, you know, so you, it leads to self-medicating, yep. trying to take care of that problem Mask instead of pain getting in another professional. Way. Yeah. Yep. Instead of getting professional help. Yeah, I really think that um, it starts with each of us individually and being open about our own mental health concerns. Like, I'll be the first to admit, like, I've gone to counseling for years. I think that everybody needs counseling or some sort of mental health um, services in their life at some point. There's so much trauma that we all go through either as a kid or an adult and there's no shame in getting help for those things, having somebody to talk to that's an outside party. So it really starts with us and being able to individually identify and admit 
um, that we're receiving services to help reduce that stigma. Um, and then going forward from there, trying to build awareness in your own community about what's going on and that there's help available. You mentioned you're in Cleveland and we mentioned some Southern Ohio, but how far in Ohio do you go? What, I don't know if it's facilities or programs do you have around the state of Ohio? So Thrive Peer Support operates, I believe now in over 70 of Ohio's 88 counties where we're physically have peer supporters out in the community meeting with people one-on-one and engaging with peers. We also, for all the counties in Ohio, offer telehealth peer support that is covered by Medicaid. And so if someone is in a county where they don't have a we don't have physically have peer supporters, they can still access support over the phone or through video chat and get those services. So we are statewide. What are some of the projects you're looking to develop in the future? So as we move forward, I am of course excited to expand our outreach efforts. Um, But in addition to that, I am looking forward to expanding our engagement with those coming out of incarceration. So just like I mentioned, people who are new to recovery have a lot of needs. When it comes to coming out of prison or um, a jail system, those individuals have tons of needs from basic needs all the way through to those, you know, mental health and physical needs, all those things. And so we're talking right now with um, the state on the state level, as well as the local level with different institutions on how we can connect people to peer support as they're coming out so that they can have that kind of one-on-one support as well. Because oftentimes people are released and you know, they may go home to their home county from another place where they were incarcerated and they got to start all over again. And recidivism is a huge problem. So the more we can do to impact that and impact people's lives is is something I'm really looking forward to. Do you have numbers about how many peers you have or, or have serviced at this point? Yeah, so I believe last year we served about 5,000 peers in the state of Ohio. Um, And then through our outreach efforts, just in the last few months of last year, we served 3,000. So Thrive as a whole served about 8,000 individuals last year. This year, through our outreach, because we have upped the number of events, we're hoping to serve about 7,000 individuals. And um, I'm not sure the exact goals on peer support, but I would anticipate we would end up serving um, over 5,000 this year for sure. Well, certainly the need is there. Oh, for sure. Yes. And, uh, and I'll speak to that. Like our goal is to serve as many people as we can. And it's kind of like this double-edged sword because we hate that we have to provide these services. Ideally, we would love that there's nobody struggling with addiction and we don't have to serve them. But we know that there are people out there that need the service. And so we want to serve as many of those individuals as we can. For sure. If if people want to find out more about Thrive, uh, do you have a web page or Facebook or how how can they find out more information and maybe get connected to the services they may need? So if people are interested in learning more about our peer support services and they want to sign up, we actually have a sign up form on our website that someone can click. It's a self referral. They fill that out. 
that goes um, to our clinical team who reaches out to do an assessment and then get them linked with their peer supporter. So that can all be done through our secure portal on our website. If someone is interested in learning more about the outreach tour, they can go to our Facebook page, Thrive Peer Support on Facebook. We put all of our events on there as well as our contact information for the outreach tour so that they could reach out to me. People can sign up to volunteer, um, bring their organization to these events. There's a lot of different ways to engage. And then in addition to that, if someone wants to, you know, financially or um, in some other way support the outreach efforts, um, they could go to Homeless Hookup CLE's website. And because they're a nonprofit, uh, individuals can donate through their website and learn more about what they do and see how they can get involved. So those are some key ways people can engage with us. And we'll make sure we put links to all of those resources in the notes to the podcast here. Bethany, you've been a wealth of knowledge on behavioral health and the efforts that that you and Thrive are undertaking to help fight this, what we know is a disease in our community. And we can't thank you enough for joining us today and sharing some of your insights. Yeah, thank you so much, Bethany. And we look forward to our collaboration and we hope that we have many more together. Thank you all so much for having me. I look forward to what we can do together soon. Shella, it is so encouraging to know that there are people like Bethany out there that are really trying to help people that are struggling with behavioral or mental health get back on their feet. I agree, Matt. I've got relatives that have struggled, and this it's just great to know that there's organizations out there like Thrive to help with that. We want to thank you so much for listening today on Down With The Dig. I'm Matt. I'm Shella. Be safe out there. Well, now you're up to date. Views and comments expressed on this podcast may not be those of Ohio Labor's District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening, and let's be careful out there.